Rise and shine with the Word of God. Wake up Saturday mornings with a purpose. Tune in at 10 a.m. and join Antonia Roman as she sings and reads the Word of God. The Word of God will give you insight for the purpose in your life. Now here is your host, Antonia Roman. I've been asked to go where I don't want to go. Too many hurts and wounds are there. Too many people in despair. I've been asked to go where I don't want to go. Send someone else on my behalf. So many people to call on. Why me? Good morning, my friends. Good morning. Good morning, my friends. Good morning. Wake up, wake up, wake up. It's a new day today. Wake up, wake up, wake up. It's a new day today. Wake up, my friends. <laughs> Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, my friends, on this Saturday morning. I hope that you have awakened, even if it's just your body's dragging like mine is, uh, as I'm still recovering from being a little bit under the weather, but I'm so grateful to my Heavenly Father, I can still press forward. Um, it's like It seems like even if you don't get... Um, you know, the flu or anything, there's like a minor cold going around, so, but anyway, so I've been uh, very blessed um, to be able to keep going as my Heavenly Father wakes me up every morning and gives me another day of purpose, another day of life, and um, so grateful to my Heavenly Father for that. So my friends, I hope that you're grateful that you opened your eyelids today as well, and that you have another day, another day of purpose. And my friends, we're going to continue where we left off with the book of Jonah. As you know, we started um, the book of Jonah and uh, we're moving along in the story of, you know, just to do a quick recap for those of you that might be joining us for the first time. I encourage you to go back and read the book of Jonah, beginning with chapter one, um, because we're going to finish off chapter one today. And pretty much just a quick recap of, you know, God, um, well, first of all, Jonah was a prophet that God used mightily uh, to bring across messages and um, things to the community that were necessary. And he had asked Jonah to go on a new assignment. And Jonah decided that he wasn't going to do that assignment. He asked him to go to Nineveh, and he bluntly told God he wasn't going. Uh, he had a reservation about the people at Nineveh and Nineveh itself, the city. So he decided to go an opposite way. And in doing so, finds himself in a circumstance, in a situation, in a chaotic moment that he was not expecting. And we're going to pick it up from where we left off, where Jonah got exposed of the fact that he was running away from God. And this is why now that he was on this ship with other people, and there was a lot of turmoil in the sea. And the boat was about to capsize and drown everyone. And everyone would die. 
So we're picking it up on verse 10. And this is what Jonah chapter 1 verse 10 says. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, Why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? For the sea was growing more tenuous. And he said to them, You know, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to return to land, but they could not. For the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. Therefore, they cried out to the Lord and said, We pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life. And do not charge us with innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah, threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. Father, we thank you for your word in the book of Jonah. We thank you how detailed this, these passages are, uh, how you explain in this story to us the consequences that we can face when we go against your word, when we go against you, when we run from you. Um, and Father, we just thank you because you love us so much that you will allow us to go through these trials because Jonah had to go through this trial because you had to get his attention and uh, we just thank you for your word in Jesus name amen so my friends you know when Jonah was having the conversation with the other people on the ship the mariners the captain you you name it everyone who had already sacrificed themselves and their their cargo, their livelihood, things that they may have spent all day for days, you know, trying to find, you know, fish for, you know, selling for the market or, you know, just for their own livelihood of everyday necessity food. They had to sacrifice and throw that over the ship. And then finally, you know, Jonah got confronted and he, and they were like, who are you? Because, like, you're just chilling here. You're just relaxing. You're sleeping. You're not doing anything. Cry out to your God, right? Because we had spoken about this last time. Back then, a lot of people had different types of gods. And um, and apparently, everyone was praying to their God, but nothing was happening. So they went to Jonah and said, why don't you pray to your God? Maybe your God will be merciful with us. And in doing so, Jonah kind of couldn't really quickly act on that because he had been running from God. He was not in good standing in his mind right now with God. He's like, how am I going to pray out to God when I'm running from God? God has asked me to do something. I haven't done it. He knew he was guilty. He knew exactly the turmoil he was causing. And then that's when the men realized 
you know, how, how could you do this? Like, how could you run away from your God if your God required something of you? And, you know, <clears throat> I want to stop and pause right there for a minute because many times, my friends in life, this is what happens to us. God will ask us to do something for him, and we don't. We go a different way. We, we make up our own paths. We, we start our own new journeys. And sometimes even our own friends and families could question us and say, why aren't you doing what God asked you to do? I've had a couple of people in my life who have come to me, they're friends of mine, family members. They come to me and they tell me specifically that they heard from God, that they heard from the Lord, that they heard his audible voice in their ear and they felt it in their spirit and that God was telling them to do something specific. Whether that was, you know, pack your bags and go move somewhere else. Whether that was, you know, I want you to transition from this ministry to another ministry now because I'm going to do something new in your life. Or, you know, you might be a hoarder and you have an overabundance of things that you're not doing anything with. You're not blessing people with it. And God says to you, and I want you to give, you know, some of these things that you have to people, uh, the less fortunate. Uh, you know, I want, I want these things to be utilized accordingly. Just an example. But they know they heard very clearly from God. But they still refu- uh, refuse to comply. They still refuse to obey. And then things start to happen in their lives. And they start asking me, well, why is this happening to you? You know, why is this happening to me? And then I go, well, it's happening to you because you're allowing it to happen to you. Because you decided that you weren't going to obey God. You, you decided that you were not going to listen to God. You decided that you were going to do your own thing. And when we're not in the presence of the Lord, when we're not doing what God has asked us to do, we're going to face consequences. We're going to face situations in our lives that we weren't expecting. Things are going to happen to us, you know, that could bring us down a, a different road, a different trajectory. Financially, we could become broke all of a sudden, you know, after God was trying to bless us and take us into a new season in our lives. You know, we can end up trajectory-wise moving from one location to another that that's not really the location we were supposed to go to. And things happen to us there. We get, you know, we have stuff with drama in our lives. Now, for some of you, y'all know what drama is. You know, I know you know people who, who you have in your life who that, you know, every time you see them, they got drama. And then you wonder, why does this person have so much drama? Because a lot of times if we're not in the will of God according to what he's asked us to do, my friends, we end up with drama. And, it's, and a lot of times it's worse than the movies, the drama. So I'm just here to tell you, my friends, that when God stops us in, a, in our tracks and he asks us to do something, are we willing to do it? Are we willing to sacrifice and be obedient to what he's asked us to do? So when they said to, the, to, to Jonah, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, what shall we do to you? 
that the sea may be calm for us. Because the sea just kept getting worse and worse. I mean, those waves, I can only imagine, were coming even higher over the boat, slapping the boat left and right. The boat was 100% unstable. And the thing is here that the reason they say this is because Jonah has said to them that I worship a God who is the creator of the sea and the dry land. And the sea itself right now is the turmoil they were in. So they knew, the people in the boat, the ship, they knew that had Jonah been obedient to what God had asked him to do, not be running from his presence, the sea would be calm at this point. But they know that the sea is roaring and raging because of Jonah. Because of Jonah. And then Jonah decides that he's already found out. He had no choice. He had to confess that he's running from God, that he didn't listen to God. He's going the opposite way of where God wants him to go. He's caused this turmoil on this ship with other people. He's caused it on himself. He just very calmly just comes out and says, you know what? Just pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will be calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. And I want to pause here for a minute as well. Because in this moment, Jonah is given up. In this point, in this moment, right here, Jonah thinks that he could just resolve um, things by just saying, you know what, just let's just end it all for me. <clears throat> Throw me over the sea. Throw me into the waters. So then that way, my misery is over. I'll be done. I'll die. And everyone else can live. And I know that this is, excuse me, I know that this is something that we probably could only imagine the the looks on the faces of the people on the ship when he was saying this to them. Because first of all, those were everyday good people who they had, again, their own gods, but they still fear their own gods. And they had conscious minds of how they treated other people. And they had uh, morals. So when Jonah comes up with this idea about, oh, just go ahead and throw me into the sea. I'm sure that the people looked at him and were like, are you crazy? What What do you mean just lift you up and throw you into the sea? We're not murderers. We're not killers. We're not heartless people. We still think that there could be a remedy here. 
But it has to start with you, but not by you sacrificing your life or wanting to die for it. We appreciate that you're trying to be, you know, you want to help us and you want us to survive and you want to die. We get that. But we're trying to save everybody here. Not just ourselves. We're trying to save you too. And you know, my friends, sometimes this is what we do in life. We know we've run away from God. We know we're out of his presence. We know we've been disobedient. And then something starts to happen to us. And right away, we just want to surrender to the circumstance. We want to surrender to the situation at hand. We're not, rem- we're not surrendering to God. We want to s- surrender to the circumstance, chaotic situation at hand. Because we figured, you know, if, if I just call it a day, throw in the towel, say to myself, you know, I- I'm done. It doesn't matter anyway, because I'm not going to do what God asked me anyway. It's like double whammy rebellious. That is not the way we're supposed to handle things, my friends. And because these people that were with Jonah had compassion, you know, even though these were like heathen sailors, because they were, again, you know, worshiping other gods, they showed compassion to Jonah. And they were like, Listen, we can't do that. We can't just go and throw you overboard. And it says it right here. They said, Nevertheless, the men rode hard to return to land, but they could not, for the sea continued to grow more temptuous, temperaturous, against them so the sailors the people on the ship were compassionate towards Jonah they were like look we know that you have defied your God and it is obvious to us that your God is powerful way more powerful than our gods are and if your God (coughs) can stir up the storms and the raging sea this way because of your disobedience, because of your mistakes, because of your um, disrespect to to your God, we are not going to entertain your idea. We're still going to try to get us to dry land. We're still going to try to press through the storm to get to the dry land. We're still going to fight hard as a team to get through the storm to get to dry land. And technically what they were saying to Jonah was, we need you to help us do this too. So get to the rowing part with us so we can try to get to dry land. excuse me but what ended up happening is 
that as they tried to get back to the land, they couldn't. It was impossible. It was like they were rowing 100 miles per hour with their arms, exceedingly fast, exhausted, and they still were not making headway against this raging sea, against this raging storm. And then they themselves took it upon themselves to now cry out themselves to the Lord. And it says it right here. Therefore they cried out to the Lord and said, We pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life. And do not charge us with innocent blood. <clears throat> Excuse me. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. Let me tell you something. When we disobey God, and while He stops us in our tracks, because we're running away from him. Someone else will come into our lives and they will start to try to even intercede on our behalf. And that's exactly what was happening here. The ship people, the people on the ship, the crew, the marinas, the captain, Everyone that was on the ship started to worship God. Because God is able to use even our mistakes to help others come to know him. You know, it may be painful, but admitting our sins can be a powerful example to those who don't even know God. These sailors, these mariners, these captains, the captain of the ship, they themselves even started to worship Jonah's God. Even though they were heathens and had other gods, they started to worship Jonah's God because they were like, if his God is so powerful, then let us pray to him. Forget about our gods. Let's pray to Jonah's God. So that way, Jonah's God could hear our plea and know that we didn't do this wrong. We shouldn't have to face consequences because of his wrongdoings. We should be able to be saved by his God and let him face his own consequence according to how God is going to do it with him. Because even heathens know Even heathens who worship other types of gods or false gods or or idol gods, they know that when they defile things against their own gods, they're going to face consequences. They're going to face a circumstance, a chaotic situation that will happen in their lives. And for this moment right now, for Jonah... This is a do or die situation for everybody. 
and the people on the ship. But see, Jonah was willing to just take the heap and be like, okay, just just do away with me and my misery will be over. Because he feels miserable as it is already. He knows that, you know, he feels miserable. He's dying inside because he knows he's defiled God. He's not listening to God. He's running away from God. He's in a place of defeat internally and mentally. So that's why he gives in to the store of, just throw me over the sea. My misery will be over. I'll just die and it'll be all over with. I don't have to commit to anybody. I don't have to, I can save you. I don't have to save anybody else. I don't have to save myself. I can just go and, and, and just, you know, just be done with. My life will be over and I don't have to worry about any more problems. But that wasn't the case here. The people on the ship were like, you know what? We're going to start worshiping your God. We're going to start calling on your God. Because obviously what they were experiencing and seeing what was happening to Jonah and the powerfulness of of the God that was doing what he was doing with the raging seas, the same way he would do the raging sea, they knew that he could calm the sea. So they started to worship him. They said, we pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life and do not charge us with innocent blood. For you, O Lord, has done as pleased you. So then they had no choice. After they they worshipped and they cried out to Jonah's God, because they're like, listen, we have, you know, we got to do drastic measures here. We know that it's his God. So we got to pray to his God. He had a, we have to pray for mercy to his God. Then immediately, everybody simultaneously thought the same thing. After they prayed, they asked the Heavenly Father to not have the innocent blood of that man in their hands. Right? First and foremost, because they were not thieves, they were not murderers, they were not killers. They were good, working hard individuals. They went, they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea and the sea ceased from its raging. So, immediately, the minute they threw him into the sea, as hard as that must have been for those men to do on that ship, instantaneously, the minute Jonah hit the water, the sea became calm again. The raging sea ceased. The flapping waters, the high tides, the high waves automatically stopped moving fast and subsided. And as soon as even the heathens themselves who had prayed to Jonah's God saw what happened, Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. Wow. What does that mean? That means that those men immediately saw the powerful working God that Jonah served. And because they saw what he did and they saw how great of 
a change could happen in just worshiping that God, that they themselves saw it with their own eyes and they themselves decided, you know what, this is a God that we must fear. This is an almighty working God that we must fear. And then immediately, without any doubt, but an immediate consensus across the board, they decided to do a sacrifice unto the Lord, Jonah's God, who helped save their lives, who spared their lives. And not only did this become a testimony for them to have for the future that they would share with other people, they also took vows with each other and took vows with the Lord. So many of them probably decided this same night that this horrible turmoil encounter happened and this miracle also happened at the same time they turned away from their God and decided they were going to worship now Jonah's God what a testimony is that this is something that even affected these people's lives on this ship Because of Jonah's wrongdoing, it affected everybody. But even in the effect of Jonah's wrongdoing, there was a miracle that came out of it. And there was a testimony that's been identified from it. And people turned their lives over to the Lord. Many times, my friends, we, we want to always just point fingers, right, to the person who's doing the wrong, to the person who's given up, to the person who's defied God, because we feel that they placed us in situations or circumstances that it wasn't fair for us to become a part of. We do that a lot in our lives. We destroy sometimes other people's lives because of the wrongdoing that we do because of the disrespect that we give to the Lord, because of the things that we turn away from, that we weren't supposed to turn away from, or the things we don't embrace or run to because God has asked us to, and we decide not to do it. And a lot of times it just doesn't affect us. It also affects other people. And when other people also get affected, excuse me, by it, 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 it starts a stir up in people. <clears throat> Excuse me. And in this case, there was a major stir up that took place to bring unbelievers of the powerful, working, wonderful, heavenly Father God that we serve to get to know Him. Now, some of you might be saying, Well, you know, how does this benefit Jonah? Because they still had to throw him into the sea. It's going to benefit him tremendously. Because at this point, Jonah thinks, 
all right, they did, after all, you know, throw me into the sea as I asked them to. But <clears throat> they're not throwing him now into the sea because Jonah asked them to. They're not throwing him into the sea because they knew that by worshiping his God and throwing him into the sea would bring a calmness. My friends, there's a lot to learn from just in this passage alone. We have to always remind ourselves that if we're running away from God, if we're being disobedient to him, and we're falling into turmoil, chaoticness moments, we have circumstances happening in our lives that we're like, why is this happening to me? Everything's being destroyed. My world is crumbling. Everything's just falling apart. You have to ask yourself, why is it falling apart? Are you not doing what God asked you to do? And then if it's just your world that's falling apart or it's also extending itself to other people's lives, your family life, your work life, your neighbor life, right? Anything else that you do that affects other people, you're, you're not the only one who's going to face, you know, circumstances, situation, and chaotic moments. So will your family, your friends, your neighbors, based on your actions, based on your actions that go against what God has asked you to do. And that's why many times we will hear about stories that people share that talk about how God asked them to do something specific in their lives. They don't do it. It affects them personally, financially, whatever the case might be. It'll, it'll affect them with their jobs, whatever it is. And then next thing you know, that action, that circumstance, that situation now affects the rest of your family, your spouse, your children. Because of your actions. It, it, it touches everyone in a way to place them in a situation of chaoticness. So, this is an example. If you are an alcoholic and God comes to you in the middle of the night and says to you, I want you to stop drinking. I want you to go and take every liquor bottle out of your house and I want you to throw it down the drain, that fluid, that liquid, those chemicals. I want you to get rid of those bottles. I want you to clean yourself up. I want you to get straight. And I want you to start an AAA meeting right now because I'm going to take you through a process of healing because of your abuse of drinking. And I'm going to allow you to affect other people's lives as well in a positive way to help other people. But you decide you heard from God and you're not going to do that. You're going to keep drinking. You're going to keep buying alcohol. You're going to keep doing the things you've been doing. And you're going to keep stumbling. You're going to keep falling. You're going to keep going forward into more and more uh, debt and things of that nature. It just isn't affecting you, your mind, your spirit, your soul, your kidneys, your liver, your whole nine yards of your body, your mind. You can't think straight. You can't function. You can't work. It's not only that. It affects your family. You can't love your children. You can't love your spouse. You can't keep a job. You can't keep a job. You don't have a paycheck. You can't pay your bills. You can't pay the roof over your head. Now your kids are homeless. 
Do you get this, guys? When God speaks to us and asks us to do something for him, he's asking us because he has a purpose to fulfill in your life, to help others, and ultimately also help you. I'm not surprised at all if God knew that when God asked Jonah to do this assignment, that he would be reluctant because God knows our hearts. God knew that Jonah had a reservation with the Ninevites. He knew he had a reservation with that city. But he still needed to use Jonah because not only did he need to use Jonah to deliver the message he had for those people, he needed to also do a healing process in Jonah's heart. Now, it could have been easier for Jonah to get the healing process had he just done what God asked him. But unfortunately, because of this trajectory, he's on a road, he's on a journey now that's going to take him on a major adventure and has already started to take him on a major adventure. So my friends, it is always a pleasure to speak with you about the word of God, get into the word of God, go back, reread these first, you know, first chapter of one and Jonah, really understand what God is doing here in Jonah's life and how we can apply it to our life. Every day, God is requiring something of us, asking us to do something. And every day we walk away. Every day we dismiss what he's asked us to do. Every day we make excuses. Every day we just say, you know, God, I'm just not ready. Every day we want to throw in the towel because we think we're not worthy. We, we think we don't, you know, we can't do it. Or, or sometimes because we have reservations in our hearts about people or places, you know, we just feel like we don't even want to encounter it. We don't want to face it. We don't want to be a part of it. But what we fail to realize, my friends, is God is doing something new every time. He's shifting things in our lives for the better. He's helping us get to the place that we need to be. He's helping us grow. So I leave you with that thought, my friends. I look forward to sharing the word again with you next week. Stay encouraged. Know that the Lord loves you. You are not alone. And if he's asked you to do something, get on it quickly. Do not hesitate. And go forward what the Lord has asked you to do because you will see how you will be blessed. God bless you, my friends, and I look forward to sharing the word with you again next week. Antonia Roman is the author of Confessions of a Christian Woman, A Journey in Marriage, A New Beginning. In this book, Antonia shares her personal journey in marriage and how she used God's word to help her overcome verbal abuse. Tune in next Saturday as Antonia Roman continues to dive into the Word of God. The Word of God gives you insight for the purpose in your life.